Welcome to the Kevin and Philip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Philip. Welcome to season three, episode twelve of the Kevin and Philip Project. Um, last one we did a couple weeks ago was at the museum, at the car museum. So it seemed to uh, go pretty well. Had a lot of good feedback on that yep. uh, on that episode. Had a good time there. Again, they're not a sponsor or anything, but uh, if you're interested in in attending or going to check that out, please do. It's a pretty cool place. But speaking of. Uh, Sponsors, before we jump into this podcast, we want to thank our sponsor for this p- podcast. He's sponsored the last few as well and was on a few times, a few podcasts ago. But uh, the Kelly Kitchener Insurance Agency is is the uh, sponsor for this podcast. So we appreciate his support and their support of our podcast and what we're trying to do here. So uh, if you like our podcast and you're in the market for any kind of insurance, whether it's, I think, auto, home, life, renters, business, boat rv motorcycle i think they do just about any kind of personal insurance uh please give them a shout over at 785-825-6227 and you know kelly really gets into the ncaa tournament oh he and does. i think he opened his doors to you know anybody in town i guess wanted to come by um, and watch them. did you happen time. to go down there i've been and watch there down a few times. Times. i i missed the i missed going down but i saw quite a few people went over and hung out he's got that yep. nice conference center as you go in big tv in there and everything and so uh Probably yep. a good time in the NCAA tournament. So, but we're winding down in the NCAA tournament. We are, um, and uh, since we're going to talk a little bit basketball here to kick things off, I've, I've had a lot of people come up to me and ask me about my opinion of the K State basketball coaching hire and search. Um, so I'm going to give that. Uh, I didn't think it was appropriate on the last one to talk about it since we were at the museum and and had those guys there they don't want to sit there and listen to me rant about k-state for a while but uh yeah so i'll I'll give you some thoughts um uh, phil probably you've at least looked at it and know who the guy is you know what i i'll let you give all your thoughts but i i love i love his story and i love where he's came from and uh and what a happy day for him and his family that was a pretty cool pretty cool day had his parents there and and everybody and um, i'm going to start with the outgoing coach real quick and i won't spend a lot of time on this um if you're familiar with k-state basketball and and familiar with bruce weber not a lot that i can say that you haven't already heard i'm I'm just going to say this i wanted him gone as a basketball coach, I, I did no longer want that to be the case. I, I think that was clear. I will tell you this. By all accounts that I've heard, and I did not know Bruce Weber personally, but by all accounts, he's a hell of a human being. I don't believe he took a check during COVID when K-State wasn't having fans coming in, so they weren't making any money on basketball. Um, I know a lot of the prom- promotions they did uh, trying to get fans to show up. Yep. He paid for out of his own pocket. Mm. He, he did things the right way. You're never going to have to worry about NCAA violations while he's there. Um, obviously, everybody that, that played for him, for the most part, liked him. Um, 
I, you know, he, he said at his last press conference, the reason he grew his hair out this year was, was that he vowed not to cut it until the teams that were tangled up in the FBI, FBI, geez, I can't talk this morning or this afternoon, FBI cheating scan, uh, investigation scandal, whatever yep. you want to call yep. that, um, until they got punished. So that's why his hair has been growing out long. He says he's not cutting it until they get punished. So I kind of like that. I mean, he just that's just his saying. He's not going to get in trouble with the NCAA, like I said. I, I will say that he's – I. they talk about he's a good X's and O's coach, but I'll tell you at the f- last five minutes of a game, he's a terrible coach. Whether that's on the players, whether that's him not putting the players in the right position, if it was a close game with five minutes or less left, we were losing that game. And this year I think they lost – seven or eight conference games by less than four or five points or something like that. So Ours must not be very good either at OU because we've lost like seven by two. Well, yeah, I mean, it. you got to win those games, right? I mean, you're not going to win all of them, but you got to win a lot of them. What did you feel about Bruce Weber, you know, to me kind of like calling out some of the fans, social media fans, That's which yep. I know you're probably getting to yep. that, but I'm telling you, I think anybody in his positions, you just got to turn that stuff off. You do, and uh, and I'm not saying he's wrong. But I'm also going to tell you it's with every fan base. It's not I, a K-State fan base. I, I, when he's the read that, minority. I, I thought you should go read the Oklahoma fan base sometime and but watch how they rip. Every – in his 10 years there, when they were losing, he always had an excuse. It was always blamed on somebody else, whether it was the players. It was never Bruce Weber's fault. Like a lot of coaches, and, and they don't necessarily mean this, but they say it. It's all me. I didn't have the guys prepared, you know, that sort yep. of thing. Yep. It just move on, right? That's all you got to say. And and you could tell he knew at his final press conference after the, the Big 12 tournament loss, yep. he knew he was done. You could tell he went on for about six minutes about his time at K-State, blah, 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 and everything is great. Perfect way to end it. He knows he's going out. And then the next day he has the press conference or he gets on Zoom or whatever it was and then starts going off on K-State fans. I'm like, uh, you know, I'm not, not – again, I'm not saying he's wrong, but there there's a time and place, and that's probably not the time no, and place and for those comments. Any coach could go say that. that got fi- the, He didn't get fired, but anybody on their way out could say the fan base was ridiculous. I mean, what if you were, were – uh, Somebody like a Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma. Yep. What do you think he thinks about the fan base yep. of Oklahoma? I mean, he never lost yeah. a ball game for us. Yeah. And he's yeah. <laughs> just yeah. uh, just unbelievable. The expectations, yep. you cannot let – social media – we've talked about this on our podcast many times. You Social media has changed the way people talk to and about oh, each other. And so oh, absolutely. It's just uh, – you, you've got to just turn – Ricky Gervais, I listened to him on Netflix and his comedy shows, and he just says, you know – People get mad about his jokes or whatever, and there's one offended by this. He he just says piss on them. Yeah, I could care less. Yeah, they they're not my friends coming to my house. This is what. So that's yeah. kind of what. You, if you're a celebrity yeah. or a known person like Bruce Weber, just move on. And, and it's hard because you have to have a social media presence, whether they're actually the person doing it or not. Right. Everybody's a little different in that. So it's hard to just turn it off and just say don't look at it because yep. if you're the one that's actually doing the tweets and stuff. You're gonna look at it, but yeah, you can't let it affect you, or or you're gonna be done pretty quick. So, well, on to the new hire. Well, I, I want to say this with Weber. Here, here's my struggle with Bruce Weber, and and how he's going to be remembered at K State. In his ten years at K State, he took us to some of the highest highs we've had. Yep. I mean, you go back through Wooldridge and Asbury, and and even Huggins and Martin and Kruger. 
probably go back to Jack Hartman to find that successful of a coach at K-State. A couple Big 12 championships and Elite Eight. None of those other guys I named have done that. Right. However, the lowest of the lows is the problem here. Like, he was historically bad (laughs) on those bad years. Uh. Worst in program history. Worse than Tom Asbury, worse than Jim Woldridge. And so that's the struggle. Hard the to believe State a guy can be has. that yo yo. Yeah. Hard to believe it. That's the struggle. Rarely every, see a guy that goes top to bottom, top just, to bottom. It's so bad. So, anyway, yeah. So let's he go must on. must have good years and bad years. I mean, just, I don't know how that, I really don't know how it can be because I, you can't name another coach that has coached the bottom unless they started there. And made it to the top. He he loses the locker room. He did yep. it twice at K State. Completely right. lost the locker room. A complete rebuild. Eight guys in a season transferring or leaving or what. And this was before the transfer portal, right. really. So he twice while he was at K State, he completely lost the locker room and had to do a complete start over rebuild. Like you were the first year of Division One program. So that's where the lows come from. And, and and this last one he just never could dig out. I mean, you had Wade and Stokes and Barry Brown that year we won the turn or won the, the conference. Ever since then it's just straight down. So but new yeah. coach though new comes coach. from Baylor. Yep. And so. uh you you just talk about him a little bit. I've got a few things that I very excited about him. I don't know how you go wrong with the guy. Probably if you sat down and interviewed him, you'd say this is the guy. You don't know where the future holds for you, but you don't make on day one. You didn't make the bad decision. Correct. No, that was the start. Let's talk day one. Probably one of the best press conferences I've seen from a, a head coaching hire. And I say that not because he's at K State. I say that because most of your initial press conferences when they introduce a coach is, hey, happy to be here. This is my dream job. Thanks for hiring me. Looking forward. We're going to do this, this, and this, and open it up for questions. And that's the extent of every press conference you've ever watched. I I can tell you one that's as exciting was Brent Venables. Yep. And you know what? I compare these two guys to each other. I would agree. I would agree. So When we get to talking a little bit about his past and what he's doing. But, yep. Go ahead. So. No, I just I think it's you know I was on the Underwood train to start with, yep. but I think this is a better direction because what we were going to have to pay Underwood to come back to K State, I think you can get the same results with this guy to be honest with you at half the price. So now you can put money into assistant coaches because yep. it's all about getting players. I mean that's don't get me wrong from what everybody says Bruce Weber can coach, do like Kansas but, and put the money into the players. Well, yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> Just you got money to do stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, you know who who come out smelling like a rose in this deal is Brad Underwood because he gets a big raise. Yeah, he the got a raise. Yeah. He does the search. So <laughs> yep. he's, he's probably thinking this is a great hire yep. for both of us. So if you walk around or if you have an opportunity to see the press conference, you haven't seen it, it's 30 minutes long, I'd, I'd suggest. He walks around. He talks a lot. You could tell he's got a background as a preacher. I mean, you yep. could just tell not being in front of the podium. Um very inspiring, to be honest with you. I, I thought it was very high energy, which is the opposite of Weber, which is, I think, what K-State had to do to, to get the fan base on board with this coach day one. Uh, seems very genuine, I would say. Um, he had, a, he had a, uh, a statement. I've actually – Morgan and I talked about this a little bit. He, he made a quote that really impressed on me, and that was – he said, it's amazing what you can accomplish – when nobody cares who gets the credit. Yep. And so Morgan and I actually sat down. I made her watch that part, and we sat down and talked about that a little bit. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about wins and losses. So 
Let me hear your take on the coach before I yeah, get I'm gonna tell you where I'm going to go with him, first of all. He, he uh, went to college, small college, uh, you know, uh, as a basketball player, too small. His dad and mom both said he was too small to play basketball. Played a year in a little bitty Bible college. Quit. Uh, ended up dropping out of college. Didn't get his degree, but he got he went back into coaching and coached for ten years without a college degree. Did a private private school, but ended up in his path coaching and recruiting and be able to get some of the best players in the Houston area and ended up sending kids to Houston and and of course Baylor and Florida and yep. uh, Texas A and M and Texas ends up being a great high school coach and he thinks this is his probably path in life is. Coaching. is coaching yep. just you know and i'm gonna just keep doing this so whenever scott drew goes down from baylor and wants to just meet him i want to meet this high school coach that um that's sending out all these great players so he goes down and meets meets him for the first time goes away from the meeting this must be how intense or how how good he displays himself Scott Drew goes away from that meeting just wanting to meet the guy to offering him a job right. back in 2003. So that's how long he's been there at Baylor. But to me, guys like Scott Drew, and I, I look back and I think even about Brent Venables whenever he came out of uh, college, something that Coach Schneider and Coach Stoops saw in him that goes, this guy's going to be a great coach someday. Yeah. Well, that Scott Drew yep. saw something in this yep. guy and gave him the opportunity that most people wouldn't have given him because he didn't have a degree or anything. Never finished his degree until he was at Baylor and went off campus and got a degree from somewhere else off campus, which is probably almost unheard of. Right. To do yeah, that. very rare. Now, probably he got his degree back in uh, probably 06, 05, 06, something like that. He started in 03 at a $70,000 salary. Well, I'm sure since the Baylor's won a national championship since then, they've had some great years at Baylor. Um I'm sure he was making significantly yeah. more than 70, but he's not making what he made at K-State. So right. you look at this guy's past and his history and everything about him, and you'll go, that's the kind of guy I want great things to happen to. Oh, absolutely. Because he's just a guy that is actually came from nothing right. and made himself and, into yep, what he is. Yep. And he uh, – you know, one concern I always have with K-State is unless you get a guy like an Underwood, it, it's a stepping stone job. I mean, if, if you get a young guy, he comes in, has three or four years of this pretty high 55. success, you know, so, they're going to move on. This guy's probably not. This is probably his his one and only job. So I, yeah. I like that. You, you mentioned uh, Scott Drew. I'm going to tell an interesting story, too, they talk about in the press conference that I, I've never been a Scott Drew fan. I don't as I after they hired this guy and I sat and thought about why is that Scott Drew's never done anything that would bother me beat us he you beats got, us <laughs> and, and I think it's a combination of you know obviously he took over after right after the murder right. scandal happened at Baylor you've got all of the shit that went down with the Baylor football program and the one thing that's always stuck to me is Baylor used to suck at everything and then literally with the click of a finger. They got good in everything, and they I always thought good. that was potentially cheating. I don't know. They've never, you know, obviously came out with anything, so apparently that wasn't the case. But so I say that to say I've always had bad feelings towards Scott Drew. I never, you know, as I thought about, it, I never really understood why. But Jerome Tang told a story that uh, was very interesting, and I, I want to talk about that here. All right, so this is the story from uh, his press conference that really really struck a chord with me. So uh, 
Scott, the the night that he was announced K State coach, Scott Drew and his his wife went over to Tang's house, and he brought a bottle of wine with him. And he said he was given that bottle of wine when he got the job in Baylor in 2003, and they told him to open it. Is that the year he got the job? That's the year he got the job at Baylor. So he immediately hired. Yes. Tang. Yeah, okay. he was on. He's been on the assistants. staff the entire okay. time. Yep. So, but he he was told to open that bottle when he wanted to celebrate something that's really really special, and so. Through the course of time at, at Baylor, they've won an NIT championship, multiple Sweet 16s, Elite 8s, Final 4s, National Championship last year. But when he showed up, that bottle was still cork. Hadn't been opened. Yep. And so he sat down, and they opened up that bottle together after he congratulated, or congratulated Tang on getting the K-State job. Now, I don't know this. Is Tang one of his first assistants to get a head coaching job or not? I don't think I don't so. Know. I think there's been a few. But, I mean, you, you think uh, I don't know the on, answer to that. On Tang's history, and you go 19 years, and, and I saw that somebody else was wanting to interview him as well, but over the last 19 years, surely there's been somebody, other places yeah. that's yep. And he's been him. offered jobs before. He's this turned is where I sort of so, thought of him as he's got a kind of a venable story to yeah, him. He he wanted it to be the right I mean he says he wanted it to be to be the right fit. Right. He's gotten other job offers. He hasn't taken them. I I'm sure it's going to come out why he felt like this was more of a, a good opportunity than others, but I'll, I'll be honest with you real quick, and we'll get on to something else here. The one thing that I'm excited about outside of just him, and I look back at his recruiting, um, I mean, back in 2005 when they started there, I was doing some digging, and they've been successful. I mean, he's been a good recruiter. They had, uh, from in a 10-year run, they had 23 top 150 players. They had a few that were in the top 10. Going to so, Baylor, which correct. would have not been – I mean, that's right. not a selling right. point saying that Correct. I'm at Baylor. Right. It's better now that he's been there now. Right. But right. like you said, 15 years ago, yeah. no. say Baylor, you'd yeah. say, why would I want yep. to go to Baylor? So so K-State also hired the new associate head coach now is from Texas. Um, and I, Ulrich Malagai, I think is how you say his name. By all accounts, this guy is going to – he's going to be short-term. He's going to be a head coach somewhere. He was on Beard's staff he at Tech, Tang. and and went to uh, and then went to Texas under under Beard when he went there, and all of Texas's five star recruits the last couple of years he's been the lead recruiter on. So, and I'm not saying we're going to get Texas caliber players. I'm saying these guys can recruit, right? So, and they've already offered multiple five and four star guys. We'll see if they land them. Now, but, let me go into something though. He's going into a conference that just had. How many people was in the Sweet 16 in our conference? Oh, what, three or four? Three or four. Yeah. How, you know, and then in the Elite Eight, we, we had two in the Elite Eight. We got one in the Final Four. I mean, you, you're coming into the one of the top two toughest conferences in the whole country. Yep. Um, and so uh, he's got his work cut out for him. But I, we, it's been proven before, one or two great kids can, oh, can I, just yeah. – and if yep. he's a great recruiter, go yep. get one or two and just that's imagine all, how That's good all we you need. Get. It's going to kick. Yep. I mean, Weber goes after two-star guys and hopes he can make him into basketball yep. players. So, no. He's not a St. Peter's no. guy. <laughs> well, hey, let's talk about the NCAA tournament then real quick. Let's move on to that. Obviously, a lot of upsets. St. Peter's, unfortunately, is out of the tournament now. But I think everybody out – if your team wasn't still playing, everybody you were rooting for, for St. Yep. Peter's. So, that was a pretty cool little story. To make it to the Elite Eight is just something special. First 15 seed to ever do it. I said uh, – I told my wife – I told Lisa, said, uh, 
you watch, there'll be a 30 for 30 on these guys in about three years. There might be. And and the coach probably made himself a lot of money because well, he'll be getting offers from other places. Well, That's just the way the carousel turns. He played at Seton turns. Hall, and Seton Hall's job is open, yep. and it's been open. So I thought there was a good chance that – I would have thought it was announced already, but I thought there was a good chance yep. he's probably going to Seton Hall. We'll I see. think he made himself a little fortune yep. off this run. Oh, absolutely. But you know what? I think one of the things that happens even in college basketball is probably the best example of the leave early and the transfer portal. We'll leave early for the NBA – you, there's so many teams that probably have tons more talent than mm-hmm. St. Peter's. Everybody has more talent right. than St. Peter's that's in the in the NCAA tournament. But they don't have more guys who've played together for three to four right. years at a time. I would agree. Which becomes a basketball it, team and rather think, than an all-star I think game. their effort is obvious. I mean, you watch St. Peter's, and, and there's some other teams. I, I think Miami was like this in a way. You can tell they weren't taking the – just playing in the tournament for granted. Yeah. I mean – Every loose ball that hit the floor, there was two St. Peter's guys diving. Yep. Yep. Like, they wanted that game. They wanted to win. You don't see well, you that. you know they weren't five-star so, recruits. No, they, they were your two-star and, and your one-star recruits. They got chips on their shoulder, and they're yep. out there to prove things. So And they did a good job of proving yep, it. Absolutely. So, on the flip side of that, <laughs> talk about KU for a second because, you know, I like to do that. Um, so, they're the last Big 12 team standing, to your point. We had quite a few in the Sweet 16, but but they're the last one standing. Congrats to them for making the Final Four. Um, I think they ought to send some Christmas cards with some money to the NCAA committee, to be honest with you. I, I, was, I was doing some digging, and, and uh, you know, they still have to make it to the Final Four. I get that. It always takes luck for everybody but to get, to get there. But uh, you take the top four seeds in each region and add up their Ken Palm rankings all together – in the west, it was 42. In the south, it was 37. In the east, it was 30. And in the midwest, it was 99. So <laughs> over double the next place team. Texas Southern, Creighton, Providence, Miami. That's got to be about the easiest path to the Final Four that I personally have ever seen. So now you got Villanova who loses their best player right right before in the game right before they what play a lucky so. break there cuz he's, he's either their best player or their second best player and he's he can really shoot it so i i see Kansas in the championship game i, I agree and i think it's against north carolina uh, i don't agree with that but. you know I, the only thing i look at north carolina i go don't you know they loved upsetting coach k a couple well, weeks ago just, yeah, a couple at, weeks ago, at yeah. his place yep they're not going to be scared of Duke and Duke's. I mean, and really, Duke's running on borrowed time right now because nobody expected them. I mean, yeah, of course, you're Duke. Some Duke people expected them, um, but I think it's run out. I think it's North Carolina, Kansas. We'll it was my prediction. What a, what a story for uh, Coach K, though, if they go all the way. Yeah, so that'd be unbelievable. So. He, you know, the, this one we talk about the old blue bloods in every sport and. Between these four teams in the Final Four, there's 17 national championships between yep. the four of them, and only two other schools has won more than these guys would be Kentucky's won eight, UCLA won 11, Indiana's won five, and um, UConn's won five. Other than that, these are the guys that have the most championships yep. in the history. So it's probably one of the most prolific Final Fours yep. that I've ever remembered. To, to have four Blue Bloods, that ever, all four of them it's think good. fan it's base be good thinks games. it's – it's our, you know. Well, and, and of course, if North Carolina wins the whole thing, then they, well, if Duke wins it, they go to six, and they'll be tied with North Carolina with six. And 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 two of the four teams are still wrapped up in NCAA investigations. Mm-hmm. So, 
guess Bruce Weber is going to have to grow his hair out a little bit longer. So, <laughs> well, hey, let's move on to some things that are going on here in town. Um, you hear us talk a lot about Ambux in this on this podcast. Obviously, it's an organization that uh, Phil and I both uh, do a lot of things with and and feel very strongly about. But uh, we just had a big milestone over the weekend. You want to talk about that you know, a little the, bit? The Chamber of Commerce came in, down and did a ribbon cutting with them and everything. But they, these guys, and I'm telling you, there's a group of guys out there, and I'll probably miss somebody's name, and you can tell me if I – I mean, you're, you're just – I'm naturally going to miss somebody who's a volunteer, but the guys that are out there almost every week, Kenny DuBois, Jim Cram, Jerry Bass, Don Merriman, Mark Newton, Dave Holmgren, Dave Burnett, Matt Burt, Rob Pickerel, Rick Zai, Dwayne Wallace, Vic Kendernick, and Larry Denning are there almost every week. Uh, yeah, it's I think, just, uh, and then there's a group of others. You might know another couple yeah, of names. Uh, Danny are, Newton and Brad Daly, I think, are on most of them as well. So, well, it's in, in the things that they've done for the community in this scene. You know, Ambux is all about mobility and getting people. Mm-hmm. You know, the Amtrak's and the and the mobility of being able to get to hand. But here's one of the things that amazes me about these guys: January the 9th of 21, they built their 400th ramp. Right. In 65 weekends, which I, they. They've built another hundred. Right. So, I mean, what? A, I mean, you talk about some guys. Me and Kevin are gone most weekends. These are some guys that are so dedicated. And, and anybody sees these guys around town, ought to pat them on the back and say, "What better thing to give to your community than your your own time?" You know. And they yeah. they do it weekend every after Saturday. Weekend after we, yeah. How do you get a hundred yeah. built? In so I'll tell you weekends? how I know how they do it. So, a couple of things. Um, They've got this down to an art. Yeah. Literally, what used to take them four or five hours to build a ramp is two hours. I mean, Somebody they are a well-oiled machine. An hour. Yeah. It's so, yeah. So, so I know Ken does a lot of the research on the site and kind of comes up with the plans and stuff for the most part. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, what used to take these guys four or five hours to knock it out, they're such a well-oiled machine now. And it, and it's part of it's because it is the same guys every weekend, so right. they kind of have their jobs. That's where me but, and you would just go get in the way. So they can do two in a, in a Saturday for the same amount of time now. So and, and in some cases, they're building two and tearing one down because we do – um, if we put a ramp up and that person passes away or moves or whatever it may be, we'll it. go back there and reclaim that wood and reuse that wood, especially with lumber prices. Now that's huge because our average cost of a ramp is over a thousand dollars now. And it yeah, used to doubling. be a few hundred bucks. So, and so that's a lot of, the, a lot of the budget goes into these ramps, I guess, every year out of the end bucks. It does. Yeah. We raise all the money we do have on occasion. We do have somebody who's either got some money from somebody else or, or has come up with a way to pay for the materials for the yeah. ramp. But I would say probably 90% of them, we have to, we pay for the materials and everything. You know, you say Kenny's the crew chief planner. Did you know that he joined Ambucks? I'm 52 years old. Kenny joined Ambucks six years before I was born. He's been a member of Ambucks since 1964. Yep. And, that, and so these guys are, uh, I, in, I'm sure he's been right along with us since the mm-hmm. first time they built ramp yeah. number one. So Probably. Yeah, and we just did it when it started. They just did one here or there. It wasn't that big of a deal. But, yeah, in the in the 90s or was it late 90s, early 2000s maybe, they started That's doing a few more on. here and there, started keeping track. Yeah. You know, it's actually we're well over 500, but we didn't keep track for right. a while because right. that wasn't a focus of the group. Well, what's so. the funny thing? We say they do them every weekend, and 
back, and, and they'll post it on their Facebook page. If you don't f- want to follow something, just follow the Ambook's Facebook page, and it'll tell you some of the things that they do in town. But um, back in February, it's 25-degree, w- yeah. tw- zero yep. wind chill. Them guys are out there they, getting it. They do. I'm laying yep. home in bed. They're out there <laughs> whipping yep, them they out. They do. So thank you to those guys yep. who are doing yep. who are doing that service. And I'm, so, and I'm glad the chamber went down and acknowledged them. Yeah, a lot of press. That was pretty yep. cool. So pretty so. cool. Well, so, hey, the other thing we were going to talk about, you uh, just recently went on a trip. I just recently went on a trip. That's what it says City. in the beginning, doesn't it? We, we're guys that like to travel. Yep, getting Still back to that a little bit. Still don't have one clue about raising teenage girls, but, uh, hey, I'm getting better. I, I caught them trying to trick me a couple times in the last couple of weeks, so I'm getting sharper. But uh, we did go on a little trip. It took five girls with us to New York City and flew out of Salina. Um Flew flew the the Sky West United Express, which when we were out there, the is when the news came out that said they were terminating the uh, terminating twenty nine locations across the yep. United States. Now, of those twenty nine, almost every one of them are considered essential air services, right. you know, and so they want automatically, but by July eighth, that's what their extension is out to is July eighth, and so the new carrier that we get. We won't know. We won't know anything about that until April the 11th is whenever the interested right. carriers will. Yep, they're taking send bids. In a proposal, but I mean, I have this question of who else is going to be able to? If there's a pilot shortage, right? It's not just for United yeah. that the pilot so. So what are we? I mean, and hope to God we get more air service. I'm telling you, it was it's a this was a joy for us to fly out of Salina, flew to Chicago, on to New York City. Back the same way, it's just such a a blessing to have yeah. such a good airport here in town. And since they've remodeled the airport and the bigger waiting area and everything, the Sina Airport is nice to fly it's, out of. It's, it's convenient, it's very free nice. parking. Yep. The whole no line, yards. no real lines. No, I, I the times I've done it, I've I've enjoyed flying out of Salina. Like you said, there's there's rarely any lines. There's free parking. It's very nice in there. And the TSA so, people are very yeah, nice. Yeah. I mean, it's not like going so, through somewhere. Right. There's a there's an interesting thing that I was going to ask you about and see if you know any any history on why this didn't happen or how how or why it didn't happen. But a year ago, about this time, um, well, as a year ago this week, the uh, President Biden passed the uh, American rescue plan act and cities all over the country got tons of money and i think salina got like 20 million dollars or something and the back then this is this has been close to a year ago the city commission had said that they'd already made a deposit of 10 million i think of of it into helping uh pay for a flight to houston mm-hmm. well that never came to correct and so I'm curious to where the $10 million ever went or came back to. I've, I, I couldn't find any other story on it, I'm sure. I mean, I know nobody's stealing it, but I just wonder where did that end up Yeah, I don't know the, the answer Houston, to that. And the Houston thing never came to it. Never, came yeah, to I don't it. remember about the money, but I do remember them talking about adding some flights and adding a flight to Houston. I do remember that conversation. Um, I don't I don't know whatever happened to that, to be honest with you. It's uh, – it could have been the same thing. I mean, they just couldn't find the pilots. I mean, the whole reason they canceled this, as you alluded to, was was a pilot shortage. Yep. So with this essential air service, basically these airlines get a crap load of government subsidies right. to allow air travel to take place because 
in Salina, I know we were filling the plane, so I, I don't know the economics behind that, but they were pretty full, so I'm sure they were doing okay. Do you mind the but, subsidies at all? You I know mean, what? If I'm going to pay taxes, I, I would rather have pay it, taxes it, right, where and it's be subsidized affect where it helps yeah, me get absolutely. better flight than me yep. to pay taxes yep. and send money my, to something that I, I agree. My, my, another country. My challenge something. with the United Express or SkyWest that was operating these was just the cost. Like once in a while, I, and I've done it a few times, uh, once in a while the cost was fine. Um you're going to they're taking you to a hub. That's part of this essential air service is they're going to yeah. they're going to fly you from Salina to a major hub. So United was going to Dallas and to Chicago and Houston's another hub. That's why they were talking about going to Houston. Um it didn't affect Manhattan, but Manhattan has a different carrier, right? Yeah, American. American. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. So, um I my challenge is just the price. Like a few times I did book it. It was fine, but I'm going to Vegas here in the end of April. And for us to fly Salina to Denver to Vegas on the dates we were looking at was well over $600 a person. Good Lord. I'm flying Southwest out of Wichita, which my golf clubs fly free for 200 bucks round trip. Yeah. And I beat that. Cause so. I, I flew a Legion and even went cheaper. Yeah, well, so you, you never know if an engine's going to fall off one of those yeah, Legion planes. Yeah. But, but you but can find, yeah, that's too Same expensive. deal, New Orleans, I just got back from New Orleans, and to fly Salina to Houston to New or, or Salina to uh, Chicago to New Orleans, I was like 750 bucks, and, and it was still expensive, but I flew from Wichita to Houston to New Orleans for about 400 so it was almost half the huh. price. So I, I just haven't. I guess I don't know if it's flight. No times complaining because right now you couldn't drive to uh, yeah. New Orleans for four hundred. I drove to uh, my aunt lives down in southeast Oklahoma. Drove down there last weekend and kind of made a circle back around through Tulsa on the way back to the went to the lake. But it was over two hundred dollars in gas. So we're, I don't want to really get into the bitching about gas yeah, prices right here, but but I mean, hey, if if something doesn't happen, we're going to have a podcast on it and we're going to share it with Mister Biden because. It it you know who they the I'm not gonna say what party, but there's a party that always claims that they're for the poor people and for the working class and for the for the you know who this affects the worst? The working class, yeah. the poor people. They gotta make a decision between gas prices and food. So at this, this was point. this was but gonna this be is just chasing rabbits on this. This is one. gonna be one of my parting thoughts, but I'll just say this now, I'll just have one at the end. Nancy Pelosi in 2018 blasted President Trump yep, for the price it. of gas yep. when it was two dollars and eighty four cents a gallon. Two dollars and eighty four cents, and said she's pretty he quiet. Can do now. something about this. They everyone stood up there and said it's completely on his back. And now, if you'll listen to a Democrat talk, and I see him on Facebook, they'll say there's nothing the president can do about it. And I'll think, well, that's a very unusual because just four years ago is all Trump's fault that the gas prices were only two eighty four. Yeah. Which was the highest they ever got under him. They stayed in the low two dollars the whole time he was. But it's it's ridiculous. So but what anyway, happened in New York? Anyway, Anything back, good? back to New York? I tell you, we really enjoyed it. We stayed. Uh, they've got. Uh, you can hear nightmares about New York, and many people will go and tell these nightmares. Well, you can probably fool yourself around and get into a nightmare if you wanted to in any big city. Um, but the things that we did, we stayed this time. One night we stayed up in uh, Times Square area for the girls so that they could go out and we kind of just let them go on their own walk up and down Times Square after all the lights came on in the evening and everything. And so we were able to just sit and watch them close by. Um, the police were everywhere. I mean, it's, it's, it's expanded police presence everywhere. 
we uh, we rode the subway everywhere we went. There's there's they're cl- they've cleaned it up. The new mayor has just already taken off and cleaning the Good. the subways were clean. There were, we, most rides that I rode on, there was a cop on the subway with us. Um, I saw him get on and get onto a guy because he was laying down. Used to, I mean, I'd say five years ago, and I went. I'd see guys sleeping the, every time I went right. in. They's coming in and getting them off. And then they had these calls that said you can make a call to a homeless person or a mental health department. There's a like a 411 number or something like that. And they will send people down to go get them and help them get into a place. Cool. Or, yeah. So they're doing things trying that to, they weren't right. doing, trying right. to make it where it's cleaner right. and safer. And I rode everywhere. I went everywhere from uh, – I went to Yankee Stadium, so I went up into the Bronx. I uh, went one day into uh, Harlem. And then I took the kids all the way to Coney Island, which is all the way down in the bottom of um, of, uh, of Brooklyn. So we did almost every you know every place. Never one time felt unsafe. Never one time everything was clean. The subways were clean. So Good. people who say that kind of stuff about New York, yeah. of course, I am a New York lover. So that's just it is what it is. I got up to go get me a new wallet in Yankee Stadium at the gift shop. And then I was going to, and Annabelle wanted to get a new uh, judge shirt and everything. And so I get up there, it's closed because they're playing soccer in there. The New York City hmm. soccer team is saying, I said, well, why does that make you have to shut the whole, the whole thing down? But anyway, so um, that was probably my only disappointment because now I'm going to have to go back and get a wallet in a few months, I guess. <laughs> well, but we enjoyed it. With them, the, the rest of the week, we went and stayed down in Chinatown. And uh, Chinatown is near the, uh, just to the south of Chinatown is the, uh, the entire fed government of New York City, the police department, the court systems, all that kind of stuff. So there's police everywhere in our neighborhood, completely safe. I mean, it yep. just, when, when you've got a hundred cops around everywhere right. you go, then you never feel unsafe. And so we, we basically roamed Chinatown, Little Italy, and did a lot, stayed down there a lot, and the kids enjoyed it and ate on the streets on Little Italy. So... Turned out to be, to me, since I haven't been and, uh, you know, I told somebody I was not going back while the last guy was mayor. And so since he's gone, this is the first time we've been back. It's back to what it was. Good. I, I felt like. So anyway, but the flying out was so nice. We flew to, flew Salina, Chicago, Chicago, New York. Everything was smooth. I, I don't have any complaints. The flying over Salina, because we went back Denver here, um, because it got us in a little earlier than going through Chicago or whatever. Uh, I think the Chicago flight comes in late at it night. It does. Here, it's later. Know? So yeah. we were able to get in a little bit earlier by going to Denver. So I always think it's funny to fly over where you're going yeah. by two, <laughs> two or yeah. three hours. But yep. but other than that, great trip. I'm going to tell you, anybody that just – if you've never been to the East Coast, the subsidies up there are the same for the trains and things like that than – there's so many things you can see that are history. And we went to the, of course, we went to 9-11 again, went to the Statue of Liberty again, went to the bull down on Wall Street. Just every, the kids, some of the, we took a couple of extra kids with us and some of the things they hadn't seen. So we just went back and did kind of touristy stuff. But those things are really neat to, that you can see on the East Coast. That's the beginning of America from Philadelphia all the way to Boston. You can take the train and those, those local, and even Washington, D.C., uh, the history out there is unbelievable, fun. If you're a history buff at all, you just have to do the yep. East Coast. Yep, I got it. No, I got it. That's on my list for sure. So, But anyway, you, 
I saw, I didn't even know you were going, I saw on Facebook that you were in New Orleans. I was. During a, uh, and I saw it on the, I saw it on the Weather Channel during a tornado. Yeah. Yeah. So first off, I want to thank United for making me run through the Houston airport, not once, but twice on this trip. Um, <laughs> let's just say it wasn't a good tr- experience from the flight standpoint. Um on my way back, on the way there, it, there wasn't much they could do. It started early morning with some weather issues in Chicago that backed everybody up. Missed my connection, so ended up having to spend a little bit extra time in Houston after trying to get there and make my connection. But on the way back, we had a, a mechanical malfunction on the runway in, in New Orleans. Short version, I ended up running through the Houston airport full speed and made my flight to Wichita by about two minutes, three minutes, something uh, Where are they like announcing that. your so, name over the top? I didn't hear my name announced. It was actually kind of cool. United, um, let me pull this up here. United sent me a text while I was running through the airport. Um, see if I can find it here real quick. But it basically said, um, oh, here it is says, take a deep breath. We're holding your next flight for a few extra minutes. We and your fellow travelers would appreciate it if you could make your way directly to gate B5. So I still ran. I didn't know what that meant, but... Uh, did they? Did you get in late, later than... Yes, that what about now. I had an hour layover. We were about 55 minutes delayed by the time they got the malfunction fixed, and we got in the air, made up a little bit of time in the air, and then... I landed with about 15 minutes before doors were going to close. And like I said, had to hightail it through there and, and made it. But uh, it was uh, it was an interesting trip. Um, yeah, Have you so, missed flights before? Yes. Mul- mul- uh, we've, we've missed a few. You know, missed because of, the, because of uh, delays at other airports. Yep. We've missed because we didn't get out of bed on time. One time in, when we were out in California, we went out and stayed with our girl from Kansas Westland, and uh, we probably stayed up a little late the night before, and we missed with six of us. And getting six flights, whew, that's not easy to get make up for six. But yep. we actually, when we went to Rome, there was a delay, and the airport, the airline, or the airplane itself was still sitting at the tarmac with the door shut, and they wouldn't let us on. Going to Rome, believe it or not. Yep. So that was out of, uh, uh, I can't remember. I think we were out of uh, Newark uh, Airport. And the next flight to Rome the next day was out of JFK. And uh, since it wasn't our fort co- course, they rescheduled us. Right. But uh, but those missing flights are no fun. I'll tell you. You know what? To be honest with you, though, the last two times I've flown, I missed a flight. When we flew out back in to San Francisco back in December, we missed a flight because of a me- mechanical issue on the plane, and we were yep. flying out of Manhattan, and then this one. I will tell you this. If it's a situation where it's like a weather or a plane malfunction or something like that that's causing you to miss your flight, they've actually made it pretty easy these days because they just rebook you on the next flight. Right. So like mine, when we were leaving Wichita, I missed the connection in Houston, but by the time I landed, I had a text saying I was already booked on this other plane. Yep. Now... I, there's some crappy things about it. Like I paid extra like for United to sit on an aisle seat and I ended up having to sit in a middle seat because they just rebook <laughs> you on whatever seat's available. Uh, at least um, it's nice and always lets me on the so, outside or the inside. I never so, have to sit in the but middle. But yeah, they rebooked my flight. So um, And and they would have done the same in this case if I wouldn't have been. The problem with it why I decided to run was because the only flight to get into Wichita the rest of that day 
was I had to go then from Houston to Chicago to Wichita, and I was going to land at like 1130 at night. And this in my and my schedule out in the no, airport. My schedule flight was going to land in Wichita at like four o'clock. So that was my only thing is I I really want I was probably going to have to wait till the next day. That's that's what sucks with Salina or Wichita flying into those places is that there's not a lot of options. Right. So, but the, um, you know what the funny thing about kids is um, I think the kids enjoy the airport as much as they enjoy the destination. Yeah. Seems like they they just can't wait to get to the airport to. Uh, start blowing money, you know, yep. soon fast as you can. Go ahead and start blowing money, and and those airports. I haven't ever flown through Houston. Is it huge? No, it's not. It's actually not for a city the size of Houston. Yeah. It's actually not that big. It's very easy to get around. Um, so it uh, United's the only I think carrier that has like a main hub there. Um, so it's but it's, you can fly uh, overseas from there. Since oh it's yeah, a, yeah, it's an international yeah. airport. But yeah. we've got. Um, I'm I'm excited for the new airport in Kansas City just to see that what it looks like and it, and it definitely needed an upgrade. Yep. Uh, speaking of Kansas City, do you think the Chiefs will actually move? No, I don't either. No, I can't see it's it. All, it uh, this is that all of them are politi- this is, yeah, politicians yeah. talking. So, but go back to New Orleans real quick. Uh, I, I did want to tell one story though. You you alluded to the uh, tornado, so. I'm sitting at dinner, and we actually went to this restaurant. Um, for those of you that are into food and watch shows like Top Chef, um, there's a gentleman by the name. His name is Isaac Toops. He was on, I think, 16, 17th season, something like that, of Top Chef. Ended up getting to the finals, didn't win, but was voted crowd or audience favorite or whatever, people favorite. Uh-huh. Um, we went to his restaurant. And got lucky enough. Was it Cajun food? Or? It is. Okay. Yep. It's upscale Cajun food. Um, got lucky enough that night that he was actually back in the kitchen cooking. Cool. And so our waitress talked him into coming out. So he actually came out and sat and chatted with us for a little bit, signed a couple of Who a cookbooks. Who so down there working? Me and, yeah, me and an engineer. Yep. So, yep. yeah, we met down there. He's out of Kansas City. So we met down there. But uh, Well, that's there. convenient if, you, if you're – One's in Kansas City and one's in Salina to meet in New Orleans. That's very convenient. Yeah, it was it was it was a good time. <laughs> so hit Bourbon Street a couple nights. Um, yeah, but yeah. So we're sitting there that night at dinner, and uh, everybody's phone goes off. And I knew there was a chance for severe weather. I mean, it was all over the news. Everybody's phone goes off. Tornado warning. And there's a table of four sitting next to us, and they are freaking out, freaking out. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm looking at my app on my phone that I use when I used to chase storms and stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's going to miss us. That's, and they're like, how are you guys so calm? I'm like, I'm from Kansas. This is just a Tuesday <laughs> in the summertime, not a big deal. And they were just freaking wonder out. I wonder where they were from. Did I, they ever ask? Yeah, I know they're from the Northeast. I don't know where yeah. they were from. Uh, and and so we, we had some conversation. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is my app that I use. So you can see the path of the storm. This is where the tornado is. I'm showing them all this. And they finally calmed down. It wasn't downtown, so, was it? It was just a couple of miles. Oh, it was less than a mile from where we were. So it was it was a little closer than I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, it was probably right at a mile. I didn't know that till later that night when I went home and I was or I back to the hotel. I saw some of the damage. It was a pretty... Pretty strong tornado. F three, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it was a good sized tornado, and and the neighborhoods that went through and kind of tore up were just south and east of Bourbon Street, so it was really close. So we went out to Bourbon Street that night, though, after the rain had passed, and uh, let's just say that the guys selling the beads weren't weren't having a good night out there. It was a ghost town, but uh, I, I've said this this past week since I've been back. Maybe it's just because I'm getting old. I mean, I always remember Bourbon Street smelling. Yeah. 
I don't remember it smelling this bad. Like it was almost oh, it was unbearable. Maybe it was just because so the rain had just came I think, through, and it but, was just. I think it's part of it. The they hose that place down every morning, yeah. so it was it was bad this I, time. You know, so. the last time I went was uh, Sugar Bowl when Georgia played Baylor uh, two years ago. I think two, yeah, two two years ago, um, and um, it was such a huge crowds because both football fan bases were yep. there that. It was actually a blast, and it wasn't raunchy. You know, it was actually a college football atmosphere like you're at tailgate party or something um, with two different teams at the same time. So I, we actually enjoyed New Orleans then. I've never been a guy that wants to go to Mardi Gras. I think it just does turn nasty and oh, I'm, stinking. And, if it's that bad at the end of March, yeah. it's probably pretty bad during Mardi Gras. But yeah. NCAA tournament's there this weekend, so they were setting up a lot of stuff. We drive by the – Superdome on your way to Bourbon Street from the airport. So I saw him setting up everything for the Final Four. So that was kind of cool to, to see him doing all that. So did you end up eating other places that were Cajuny food, or did you? Just yeah, we did. One? Yeah, no, we one day we were down on Bourbon Street because one of my customers we were visiting is right there in the French Quarter. Uh, we went to a uh, a Bourbon or a, a Cajun restaurant, and they had like a little sampler plate you could try their etouffee, their gumbo, and did you happen to try so, any beers or their, beans their beers? I did not. No. There's a there's a beer down there that it's hard to get up here. Every now and then you'll find it, but it's an Abita. Oh yeah, and the yeah, Abita makes seasonals. There. Yep. And there's a, they they actually you can't you might find an Abita up here, but you can't find a Abita light. Which I always if I drink beer, it's going to be light beer. And um, so this, uh, but that Abita is some of the best beer. Hmm. Me, and me, Lisa always is like, oh, if we go somewhere and it's got it, let's bring some home with us. Because I guess I didn't realize it was stuff. from down there. So I, I saw, I've seen it. I've never tried it. Yeah, so. it's really good. And then they'll do a seasonal just like all the other breweries are. But it's just right outside of New Orleans. And it's, uh, it's actually, I think the name of the town is Abita. Okay. Um, well, that's, that and that's the town that got hit, I think, with the tornado. Well, I hope they didn't hit the beer's so. trough. <laughs> so... Maybe not. It, it well, are name, you making so. a prediction on the uh, championship game? Or I mean, we don't even know who's there in the finals. But yeah, we were going to we were going to talk some baseball here on this podcast too. But we're getting long on time, so we'll just uh, we'll wrap it up here. But yeah, prediction on the championship game. I already sort of gave mine, didn't I? I'm going Duke seventy eight, KU. 72. So you're putting KU in the finals. Oh, yeah. They're going to beat Villanova yeah. without. Yeah, that's yeah. what I kind of think. It's like you said, the path just a fairly easy path. Yeah. Anybody would have liked to have the path they just took. Um, I think KU wins it. I don't know why, but all of a sudden they got good here. In the, I mean, I, I just I, I just like KU. I hope KU wins it. Um, I know that will piss you off and. You can Everybody like whoever else, you but want. I, uh, but so I, I hope I hope it's Duke North Carolina in the finals. That's who I mean. Kansas North Carolina in the finals, and and uh, you know what? It's exciting to me though. I'll watch a uh, the I went to high school with the uh, uncle of the um, number ten for Kansas. Um, you know him. He's one of their best guards. I don't can't remember their names. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not I don't, a big Kansas yeah. fan. But anyway, so so you know, as far as watching him on Facebook, he's very excited for his nephew and all that kind of stuff. So I'm excited for him. But for me, um, Manic has changed his draft stock. I think in this oh, yeah. going to North Carolina, he's actually 
to me, a better player than he ever was for Kruger. Although I really liked Manic as a freshman and sophomore, I thought his junior and senior years at Oklahoma, he was not, I don't know, like he was flat or something. But he's really done yeah. well for North Carolina yeah. this year. He's played about as good as anybody on their team, and I think he's up to his draft stock where he's – I think he'll play in the NBA now, which I didn't think that before. But uh, he's gotten bigger. He, like, of course, he's already 6'9", so, I mean, right. he's going to – and he can do a little bit of everything. He can shoot it. He can dribble it. He can play underneath. He can grow a hell of a beard. Yep, grows <laughs> a great beard. Looks like Larry Bird. Uh, so – well, you you want to talk baseball next time, and yeah, we'll hit baseball next time. We don't have enough time to get into that. So spring training's going on. We'll talk a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about City some rules. of the rules changes and talk about maybe the outlook of the Royals and the Yankees this year. So you know, by the time we do this again in two weeks, I think we will have taken off in the season. It and we'll be know just the going, roster. Yeah, we'll, we'll yep. know the roster and everything like that. I I am for young guys, and we'll get into it more. I'm for young guys making the team if the team is not going anywhere. I hope Bobby Whipp Jr. makes the team on the four. Uh, he probably won't, but man, he's unbelievable. Um, we'll get into him yep. a little bit next week if you haven't heard of him yet. It's yeah, nope. That's part of my things to be optimistic about with the Royals. Yep. So yeah, we'll get into that next time. But uh, yeah, so I guess you know the only thing I had left here was uh, I had a couple of parting thoughts to throw out there. I already mentioned one. Um, with the with the gas price and Pelosi, so here's my other one I want to mention before we go. Vladimir Putin still has a Twitter account. And Donald President Trump's Trump been banned. Not. Are you serious? Let that sink had, in for yeah, a little let bit. Let that sink in. You tell me that they don't try to direct the narrative. Yeah. My word. So, now that is ridiculous, isn't it? So any any hey, parting hey, thoughts? Hey, I've got a parting thought. How in Kansas was it 84 yesterday and 42 today? That is yeah. unbelievable. And what I'm saying yesterday and today, yesterday was Tuesday, today's Wednesday. Half in one day. Yep. Hell, if it goes to 168 degrees tomorrow, I won't be surprised. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's uh, Kansas weather for you. Yeah, it, yep. I, I went out this morning. I had to take Kel to her physical therapy and uh, – um, yeah, it was a little chillier than I thought it was going to be. I, I, I sure must is. have missed that the low was going to or the high was going to be that low today. So, hey, go to the Kevin and Philip Project on Facebook and comment and like us, uh, whatever you want to do there. Add up something that you might want us to talk about some week. If you've got a prediction on the rules that we'll talk about that next week, we'll bring you up and talk to about it with you, and then and we'll probably try to get on some guests again here. Yeah, we'll try to. Yep, yeah, I think we're going to try to do two. some more stuff locally around Salina and bring in some guests and things like that. So we'll keep you updated as we get. And some I'll of that tell stuff you the going. truth: this Asher baseball boys have called me this week and said, "Is there any way that Kevin would come down here and let us do an Asher baseball podcast?" And I said, "Well." We'll invite Kevin down the lake and see how it goes. Yeah. Well, if you can run the if you can run the soundboard, you can do it. Go do it. <laughs> do so it all you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Like Phil said, uh, feel free to let us know if there's something you want us to talk about or any topics or think there'd be a good guest you want to have on here. Happy to entertain any uh, thoughts and ideas. We do this so you guys uh, are entertained and listen to it. So if you have any thoughts, let us know. Other than that, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Philip Project Podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast, guests, and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Kevin Philip Project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.